welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to thank you for joining us this evening. I guarantee you right now in the name of Jesus, if you came with ears to hear and your heart is open and ready to receive, you will receive a word in due season that will ultimately change your life forever. And there's something just about being in the presence of God that will turn your whole situation and circumstance around. One word from God will change your life forever. Say that with me. One word from God will change your life forever. Now say today, I receive that one word that will ultimately change my life forever. In Jesus name. Amen. Now that we're in agreement, let's go ahead and jump in, dive in to the word of God and see what God has in store for us this evening. Now, I'm going to make this declaration in accordance to Isaiah 61 and 1, and then we'll jump into the word. It says this, it said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, and open it a prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they, who, those who the spirit of the Lord are upon, shall build the old ways. And they, whom, those who have the spirit of the Lord, shall raise up the desolations. And they, whom, those who the spirit of the Lord is upon, shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor, we give you praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. Father, we thank you that I preach it, that I preach it and teach it would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're already here. Move up and down each and every aisle. Move across the airways. Move across the podcast. Move across everyone who will hear and everyone who will see this message. Let their hearts be forever changed. Let their minds be forever changed. Let their lives be forever changed. That they will be doers of this word and not hearers only. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. For miracles, signs, wonders, manifestation is the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. Let their faith not be with, not be in the, the, the words of man, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Have your way today. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Let us all say, Amen. Now, glory to God. My, again, my name is Apostle Milton Jones. I am the senior pastor here at Ignite Depot. We want to thank you for joining us this evening. We guarantee you, man, that if you came in expectation, you know, if you ever, you know, if you was a kid, what did I mean about expectation? It means you're really looking and expecting to, to receive something from what it is that you're here tonight. Not just, you know, hearing, because, you know, sometimes you can hear and not really hear, or you can see and not really see, you know, what's, what's, right in front of you unless you come with a heart of expectation and how do you do that you know what i'm a i'm a i'm gonna go to service tonight and i'm expecting god to speak a word to me i'm gonna cut on the cut on the video tonight and i'm expecting god to speak to me and i'm going to listen to this podcast and i'm expecting god to speak to me see when you come with an expectation he will meet you right at your level of expectation it's kind of like you know i remember when i was a kid and we used to ride the, the school bus we used to call it the big cheese i don't know about you but uh when you ride the school bus you knew that the bus was supposed to be there at 8 15 well about 8 12 8 13 what did you start doing you started leaning forward turning your head looking for the direction that bus was going to come now what did you have you had an expectation that at by 8 15 that bus was going to be there so what did you start doing you started looking for it you can't you came expecting it to happen you came knowing that hey at by 8 15 that bus is supposed to be here and i'm expecting it to be here it's the same thing when you come to sit in the meeting or sit in the church service or studying the word of god man if you come man lord i'm expecting you to speak to me tonight i'm expecting to hear a word from you tonight i'm expecting to hear something that will ultimately change my life tonight he will meet you at your level expectation it is guaranteed why because that's what he wants he wants people who comes with the heart open and ready to receive 
Because again, you can see something and still not see it. You can hear it, but not really hear it. And, and, and because is because you closed your ears, you wasn't really expecting to hear anything, and you closed your heart because I ain't trying to hear nothing. And what did God do? He met you at your level of expectation. Now we're gonna make this declaration together, and then we're gonna jump right in in Jesus' name. Say this with me. Say this is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should think. It tells me how I should believe. And it tells me how I should walk. The word of God is the most important thing. Say it with me. The word of God is the the most important thing. In fact, it says in Proverbs chapter four, verse seven, it says wisdom, godly wisdom is the principal thing, chief, most important thing above all other things. Man, you can have all the money in the world, but not have wisdom on what to do with it. You just, a, you just somebody who, who has money and has no idea how to make it work. Or you can have all the health in the world or have all the medicine in the world and go to every doctor. And if that doctor doesn't have wisdom on what to do with that medicine, you're just a sick person who has a whole bunch of medicine. So bottom line is God's word has in it the solutions and answers to every situation and circumstance that you could come up against. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new that the word of God does not have an answer for or a principle for that will ultimately change your life forever if you make a decision to get in, have an expectation to receive what that word has to say. Are you ready? I know you are. Let's go ahead. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for this word tonight. Now, in the, we was talking last week, talking about the point of decision part two we was talking about what it really meant to be a true disciple and we found out in accordance to john chapter 8 verse 32 is talked about if you continue in my word that me at work continue means to abide in if you abide in my word if you adhere to it if you apply it to your everyday life he says then are you my disciples my students my my followers, my true followers, because you could say you're a disciple. Again, a disciple is someone who's made a decision to become a student, one who submits themselves to the teachings and instructions of God's word. So you can be somebody could you have prayed the prayer of salvation and you now you have become a citizen of the kingdom of God. But your mind or your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions hasn't been renewed yet. So what are you going to do? You're still going to respond to things the same way you did before you were born again because your mind has not been renewed. How is it supposed to be renewed? By the word of God. So he, Jesus is saying, if you are one of my true disciples, you were not just hear my word in accordance to James chapter 1 verse I believe it's verse 21 to 22 you are not just hearing my word but you are doers you're doing the word you're applying the word to your everyday life he says because if you only hear it but you don't do it he says you are deceiving yourself you're not deceiving anybody else you're deceiving yourself that anything in your life has changed. It's kind of like, you know, you can hear about the greatest exercise program out there. Man, you can get, get all the books on it. You can read up on it. You can have so much knowledge on it that it's, it's oozing out of your pores. But if you never do it, it doesn't matter how much of the knowledge you have because the knowledge in and of itself doesn't change anything about you. It may change some thoughts in your mind, but it does. it hasn't compelled you to put it into action. And that's the same thing that happens with the word of God. You can hear the word of God. You can get excited about the word of God. Man, you can say, boy, I can do that. But if you just get, ex if you hear it and you just get excited about it, but you never do it, you are deceiving yourself that, that you think anything in your life is going to change. Now, you may not be sinning off as much as you were before <clears throat> because when you got born again, he made you got born again from above. So your spirit man, the real you, God made an exchange for. He took your old nature and he placed in you his nature. 
He placed his, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And now the Holy Spirit, I call him the GPS system or the God positioning system. The Holy Spirit, man, Holy Spirit, Siri can't touch the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the information that Siri gets is input input into her by other people who are putting that information in. And if they give flawed information, Siri can only give flawed information. But see the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. He will give you the information that comes from the from Jesus himself. He says in, in John chapter 14, it says the Holy Spirit, he will lead and guide you into all truth. He will teach you in all things. John 16 says that he, he, will, he, will, he will bring back to your remembrance all the words in which Christ has said unto you. And he will also show you things to come. Siri can't show you things to come. Siri can't lead and guide you into all truth. She can lead and guide you to different directions. But you ever notice something about Siri? If you get off, what does Siri do? Siri says rerouting and she recalculates to, to get you to that same destination, but it's going to take another route. How much more when you have the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of you? When you get, if you're walking and you're get, get off the right path, what does he do? He reroutes you and tries and tries to lead you and guide you in the, the way that you're supposed to go. He will always lead you and guide you in the way that you're supposed to go according to the kingdom of God. He cannot give you any other information other than how it, things operate according to the kingdom of God because that's what the word of God is all about. That's what is based on the kingdom of God, God's operation system, God's method a governing system in order to meet the needs of mankind apart from this world system. Are you with me so far? So we start talking about what it meant to be a true disciple. He says, you know, if you are here to my word, if you apply it to your everyday life, he says, then are you my disciples indeed. He says, not only will you be my disciples indeed, he says, but you will know the truth. What's the truth? God's word is truth. He says, you will know the truth and that truth will make you free make you free from what whatever situations circumstances bondages old habits old thought wrong thought patterns wrong perceptions of situations and circumstances the more you apply the word of god to your everyday life the more you are intentionally applying the word of god to your everyday life what begins to happen it it the more you are here to it the more you do it the more you apply it what it begins to do it starts to shift you and and it's leading you away from old ways of doing things into new ways of doing things it leads you from old responses into new responses but what had to happen first you had to make a decision to become a disciple you had to secondly make a decision to renew your mind by the word of god and thirdly you had to make a decision to do it like i said it doesn't matter how many times somebody tells you it doesn't matter how many times somebody is is instructing you on it you still have to do it you know the, the interesting thing about this is it says in, in, in Isaiah verse uh, chapter one, verse 18, this is God's heart. This is God's heart for you. This is God's heart for me. He says this. He says, he says, come now. And I'm reading out an amplified version. He says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, he says, they shall be white as snow. How are they going to be white as snow? Because Jesus has taken his blood and he's washed it away. He says, though they are like red, like crimson, he says, they shall be like wool. He says this, he says, he says this part though. He says, if you, talking about you, if you are willing and obedient. See, it's not a matter of just uh, wanting to be willing he says because you could be willing and never be obedient so you could will you really want to do the word of god but you just don't do the word of god he says or you know or you can be obedient to what it says but you do it with the wrong attitude with the wrong motive you're gradually you're like man i'm doing it but i really don't want to do it i don't it don't make no sense to me no how you know what god says if you are willing and 
obedient. Not just being willing and not being obedient or being obedient and not being willing. He says it, it's a dynamic duo, willingness and obedience. He says, and you will eat the good of the land. He says, when you are willing and obedient to the word of God, when you are willing and obedient to, to acknowledge when you make a, when you sin, sin simply means you missed the mark. God's mark was here. You came in here. You know what, Lord? I should have came up. Your word says this. I came in here. I acknowledge what it is that I did wasn't right. I ask you to forgive me. Now, the thing about it is forgiveness has already been made available to you. But like salvation, you have to receive it. And so many people walk around feeling guilty and beaten down and, oh man, I'm no more good. And God, why did you? Why? That's not how God wants you to live. It's kind of like watching your kid. If your child is on the playground and little Billy falls out of the swing and he dusts his knee and he, initially he cries, you know, he's crying because <laughs> he bumped his knee. Man, you was like, you would go over there. Hey, little Billy, let me dust you off, little buddy. It's okay. Get back up. You're good. You're fine. But if little Billy lay down there for 5, 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> I just can't go on. I just can't swing no more the rest of my life. Then you will be looking at Billy like Billy crazy. That's the same thing that happens when you miss it and you're like, I can't go to God no more. I can't pray no more. I, I just can't do it. No Why? Because it's not like God did not know that you were going to miss it. But even if he already made a way for you that when you miss it, when you come back, and acknowledge what it is you did. You get right back in right fellowship with him as if nothing ever happened. He's the one who washes it away by the blood. It's been washed away by the blood of Jesus. And he treats you like you never even missed it. Now, why is that great news? Because this whole year, 2022, has been declared to be the year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection. It's in your spirit and in your soul and in your body and your churches and your finances and in your government. It's a year of God's favor and blessing for who? For all those who will make a decision to do it God's way. Now, correction, we talked about over the last couple of weeks. What is correction? Man, when you hear somebody correct, people immediately go on the defense. But you know what that simple word correct means? To make right or to raise to a standard of of uh, uh, raised to a standard of truth. So what is God doing in this year? What is he doing throughout the year of 2022? He is making things right and raising things to a, to the standard of the truth of his word. And how will he do that? He will use his word to be able to do that. And according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, he uses his word to bring about correction. He doesn't put chaos on you. He doesn't use tragedy. Why? Because you will be so caught up in that tragedy that it will be hard for you to really learn that lesson. But guess what? Even if you end up in a situation that he did not cause, he will still, remember, because the Holy Spirit is the GPS, the God positioning system. It will lead you and guide you in the way that you should go in the way of God's truth in his word so you can come out victorious on the other side so he uses his word and what does his word do his word brings about direction what does direction do it aims you at a certain point it it points you to something when you type in your gps system or when you say hey siri where how do i get to so and such and such place siri is calculating and where your physical location is now and what's Steps and obstacles you have to go to in order for you to get to the place which you desire. And he, what does she do? She gives you the directions. And he says, follow the route going this way. And the Holy Spirit does the exact same thing. He takes, he takes, he knows the direction. And when you begin, make a decision, hey, I'm going to follow, I'm going to do it God's way. He will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. And just church activities? Nope. He'll do it in, for your job. He'll do it with your marriage. He'll do it with your children. He'll do it with your finances. He'll do it with entertainment. He'll do it with government. So this year he's using this year to bring about correction, direction, and he's going to bring about this third thing. We're going to talk about protection. Protection means 
to the act of protecting our defense, our shelter from what? From evil. From evil that's going on all around you right now. He's already made a plan. He already had has preordained that, you know what? I'm going to bring about correction. I'm going to make things right. I'm going to give them direction. I'm going to point them in the way that they should go. And what is it going to also produce? It's going to produce protection from any evil or circumstances or chaoses that are coming up against you in this year. And how many people know there's been a lot of things that's happening in this year that we haven't seen in our lifetime? I mean, with the whole pandemic situation that's been going on, with the prices of gas and inflation going on, as people saying, and people are afraid that there's going to be a recession and all that. And we bind that all up in the name of Jesus. And we declare in accordance to Psalms 91, a thousand will fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand, but it shall not come near us in the name of Jesus. Now, he told me to remind you of this. He says, he says, the reason why you can take this word to the bank when it's talking about this being a year of correction, a year of direction, a year of perfection protection and perfection. He says the reason why you could take it to the bank, he says, one, God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, will he not do it? If he, if he called it, shall he not make it good? God cannot lie. One, two, he's already demonstrated it before. How do you know that? He says, because in accordance to Genesis, as you are in accordance to, yes, Genesis chapter Three verse fifteen, Adam and Eve had had violated God's command not to partake of the of the tree, the fruit of the knowledge of of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Even though He told them not to do it, they disobeyed Him. They rebelled and 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 tr committed treason, and they went about and they ate the fruit anyway. And what did God do? Did God said, "I'm through with you. I'm done with you. You did it. Forget you. It's over." No, what did he do? He and this is what happened. Adam and Eve, the moment they they was always operating according to the kingdom of God up until this point, because God's original plan was for man to have dominion or rule and reign the earth. And he gave them he gave them authority, he gave them dominion, and he blessed them. He told them to be fruitful, to multiply, replenish the earth. And subdue it. That word subdue means to have control of your situation. So when you become born again, when you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, what happens? Now you are endued with authority to do what? To rule and to reign, to operate according to the kingdom of God, according to the word of God, so you can replenish, sub, uh, replenish, uh, multiply. Uh, replenish, subdue, and to subdue. Subdue what? Subdue your situations. Have control over your environment. Have control over your over your household. Have control over your finances. Have control over sickness and disease. Have control over poverty and lack. Have control over chaos and, and, and destruction that's all around you. All those are all benefits that are part of being in the kingdom of God. And see, it's kind of like when you came, you know, for many people who immigrated to to Canada from other places, you know, from the Middle East or, you know, different parts of Africa. They came to this nation because of all the benefits and all they're looking for what a better life. And they're looking, you know, because it's a land of, of opportunities and it's a land that that flows from milk and honey or has so many jobs and their economy is better and their housing is better and their healthcare is better and all these all these benefits that people believe that they will receive when they came into the nation of Canada. How much more are the benefits when you make a decision to come out of that kingdom of darkness, that old way of doing things, lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating, you know, trying to get ahead doing whatever you got to do to try to get ahead over over all somebody else when god says when you make a decision to come into my kingdom when you make a decision to to become a citizen of the kingdom of god by receiving and believing what it is that jesus did for you on the cross he says then you come in and, and one of the first things i give you is the holy spirit the gps system and he leads and guides you into all truth he he, he teaches you in all things he will bring back to your remembrance all the things in which God has said unto you, and he will show you things to come. What is the other thing that happens when you become a citizen of the kingdom of God? You receive power. You receive authority. Authority to do what? To do what? 
to replenish, to multiply, to subdue, and to be fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful? To always be increasing. What does it mean to replenish? To fill and fill again. And again, what does subdue mean? It means to have control over your environment, over your situation, and over your circumstance. Jesus did not come to establish a religion. Jesus came to reestablish the kingdom of God. He says this in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, hey, look, there is a thief. His name is Satan. He's called the devil. He's called your adversary. And what does he come to do? He comes to do three things, and this is what he wants to do. He wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He wants to steal your identity so you spend most of your life not knowing who it is you are. You walk wandering around trying to figure out who you are. Second, he comes to, to kill. What does he want to kill? He wants to kill your purpose because if you don't know who you are, it will be hard for you to fulfill the purpose. And I'm here to tell you that in accordance to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, God says he knew you. He knew you from the very beginning. He knew you before you he was even formed in your mother's womb. He knew you and he approved you and he accepted you and he, he created you with a purpose and with a plan for your life before the foundation of the world. Before you was even, even in the earth, God says, I already knew you. I already had a plan for you. I already had a purpose for you. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you right now that you, in accordance to Psalms 30, 139, I believe it's verse 50, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are perfect. You are perfectly made. God loves you. God receives you. And God says he had a plan and a purpose for your life from the foundation of the world. He says, and you will never fulfill the purpose he had for you living in the kingdom of darkness. The only way you will really find out who you really are, if you really want to know for sure, for sure, who you are and what your identity is, you will only find that in Christ. Because it's kind of like trying to take a, a Samsung phone to the Apple and say, Apple, tell me what what everything is about this Samsung, fo this Samsung phone. How does it line up with your product? Well, how's Apple going to do that? Apple is not the, was not the creator, was not the manufacturer of the Samsung phone. So it may, may know a lot of things about it on the surface, but it does not know the true intent and everything that goes along with that phone without having to read the manual that came from Samsung. How much more is it that God says, the only way you're gonna find out who you really are, what your real purpose is, is in Christ, his son, and through his word, and he will reveal to you. It's not like God's trying to hide it from you, but you, again, remember you said you have to come with eyes open to see and ears ready to hear and your heart being receptive to hearing what it is that God's purpose and plan for your life was from the foundation of the world. What's the third thing the adversary wants to do? He wants to destroy your life. See, if he, if he can steal your identity, he can kill your purpose he will destroy your life. Not It's not that you will die. It simply means that you will live, but you won't live the full life that God had originally designed from you from the foundation in the world. You said, well, if God has this great plan for me, why doesn't he just give it to me? Well, he's not holding it back from you. Most people don't even go to ask them about it. And when they go ask him about it, and he might tell you something that you, you be like, man, I don't want to do that. I ain't going to make no money doing that. I'm going to tell you right now. I used to think this. I used to think, man, if I if I ever sold out like that, my life would be whack, man. I'm making all this money. I'm making all these moves. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I got this. I got that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question. The same question Jesus asked his disciples in Mark chapter eight. I believe it's verse thirty-four, where he says this. He says, "What would it profit you if you gained everything in this world and you lost your soul?" And what are you willing to give in exchange for it? What are you willing to give in exchange for your soul? Is he, does he have anything against people having prosperity? Not at all. Remember, he, he, Jesus came to give us life, the God kind of life, a blessed life, a prosperous life, an eternal life. He says, he says, but you got to do it God's way. 
See, the thing about it is God is not against you you having money. God is not against you having houses. God is not against you having cars and all this other good stuff. You know what? Do you? Can I tell you a secret? Lean in here. Can I tell you something? Do you know that money is the lowest form of prosperity? What? Yes. Do you know money is the lowest part of prosperity? Why? Because you can have a lot of money and can buy medicine, but it can't buy your healing. You can have a lot of money to buy a home, buy a house, but it doesn't make it a home. You can have a lot of money, date a lot of different women or men, and you can have companionship, but it doesn't mean that you have relationship. You can, so money is a great tool, but it, it's, a, it's a terrible guide. But Jesus said this, he says, the thief is gonna come and he wants to steal your identity. He wants to kill your purpose so he could destroy your life. But Jesus said, look, this is what I did. I came to give you an identity. I came to show you your purpose. I came to do what? To give you life. What kind of life? The God kind of life. That life that you can live that's in abundance to the full, to the overflows. What does that mean? You are no longer bound just by what it is that the world's way says you can do things. You have a greater way. Why? Because remember, when you get born again, one of the first two things you get is you get the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you and you also receive authority. What comes with that authority? The ability to subdue or to control your environment. You can, you can multiply. You can replenish. You're always increasing. You're always abounding. And he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He says this. He says, thanks be unto God who always causes me to prosper. Jesus says, I'm so committed to you having this life in abundance to the full until it overflows. He says, I'm even willing to lay down my life. In verse 17, he says, I laid down my life as the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep, for all those who've made a decision to receive what it is that I've made available to them. Now, I want to, how do you know this? Because John 3, 16 says this, Jesus is saying this to Nicodemus, a religious leader. He says this, he says that God so loved the world, world, he loves so loved you, he loved me, he loved people. It doesn't matter your, what your race is, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how, how bad you've messed up, doesn't matter what it is you did. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Who's his only begotten son? Jesus. That whosoever, who, who follows it that whosoever, whoever, you, me, Charlie, Baba, Boo Boo, whoever it is, from one end of this earth and to the next. He says, he so loved us that he gave his only begotten son for us. That if we make the decision to do what? Believe on him. Believe that he is God's only begotten son. Believe that he gave his life on the cross. on the third, But on the third day, he rose again from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. He says, if you believe, whosoever believeth in him would not perish. Would not lose that life, that God kind of life. But what they would do, they would have everlasting life or the God kind of life in abundance to the full until it overflows. And I want to share this with you as well. See, God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn or judge the world, but he sent Jesus into the world that through him, the world might be saved. Saved from what? The penalty of death, hell, and the grave. The penalty, the penalty from separation from God, which is Adam and Eve had experienced they they was in God's kingdom God's way of doing things and then they they rebelled against God's way of doing things and was translated over into the kingdom of darkness see whoever you yield yourself to whether it's for righteousness God's way or unrighteousness doing it the adversary's way is that that's who you become a servant to See, if you yield yourself to do it the world's way or to the adversary's way, then you become slave to him. But when you yield yourself and make a decision, you know what? I'm going to accept what it is that Jesus did for me on the cross. I'm going to accept that life, not, not just life, but life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Man, I'm going to make a decision to accept the correction, go in the direction which he is pointing me that brings about protection. Now, let me share this with you. 
It says in 1 John chapter 3, still talking about what Jesus came to do. It says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says this. It says, he who sins, that word sins, sin is of the devil. Now, that word sins means continuously, you know, uh, practices sinning. They're they not even trying to stop. They just, man, I'm going to do me. I don't care what you say, preacher. I'm going to do me. Hey, that's your choice. I'm not mad at you. That's your choice. But with every choice, there comes consequences. He says this, for the devil, talking about the adversary, has sinned from the beginning for this purpose or for this reason. Remember, you when you're, when you're born, you're born with an identity and you're born with a purpose. Now, this is one of the purposes of Jesus. For this purpose, the Son of God. Who was the Son of God? Jesus. Was manifested that he might do what? Destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came into the world, gave his life on the cross, was buried, rose again on the third day, put his blood on the mercy seat to do what? And when he when he was went on that cross to pay for the sin debt, he destroyed the works or the schemes of the plots of the devil. Now that doesn't mean that he the adversary won't try to still trick you into or manipulate you into trying to do them. But guess what? When you become born again, you have authority over him. You have authority over the situation and circumstance. Remember, one of the things you get when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive authority and dominion to operate, to subdue or to have control over your environment, your situations and circumstances. Now this, verse 14 says, we know that we have passed from death. What death is that? Separation from God. And you have left that old way and come into life. Remember, when you get born again, what happens? You receive life. What kind of life? The God kind of life. What kind of life is that? A life that's in abundance to the full till it overflows. The God kind of life where you have authority and you have dominion to have control over your situations and circumstances of when you operate and become a doer of the word of God and you do it God's way. Are you seeing all this? He says, because we love the brethren. See, we love the brethren. Love them means I agape love you. What does agape love means to you? Mean means I love you expecting nothing in return. I love you unconditionally. It does not mean I like everything you do. It does not mean that I accept everything that you do, but it hasn't made me stop loving you at all. And guess what? That love you receive also when you receive Christ Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And because when the Holy Spirit moves on the inside of you, what does he bring with him? He brings in, in you the, so he can begin to develop the character of the, the Spirit, which is love, joy, faith, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, meekness. All those things come and are, you are equipped with them from the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, Pastor, if that's the case, why don't I see more of that? Because you have to develop that. You have to develop it. It doesn't just blossom. You have to begin to work on it, just like a muscle. You got to begin to work on it. See, the difference between somebody who is very skinny and somebody who's a bodybuilder, they have the same amount of muscles. The only one, the difference is one has, has, has uh, matured are worked on and developed it more than the other. When you see somebody walking in great as a believer, walking in great unconditional love is because they have developed that love. When you walk, see them walking in patience, they've developed patience. When they've, they've developed, you know, long suffering, you know, all those things are part of love. If you go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about what love does and what love doesn't. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Verse number four talks about that love suffers long and is kind. Love envy is not. Love divine is not itself. Love's not puffed up. Love does not insist on its own way. Love, you know, all these things that love do. And it goes on and tells you all the things. But one of the things it says about love, love, the God kind of love, never fails. And see, the world will say love is love, but that's not true. The love the world is talking about is a phileo love which is a conditional love. I love you like a brother. But God's love is I love you unconditional. It does not mean I approve 
of everything. I don't condone of everything you do. But if you make a decision to do that, man, I can love you and I will love and I will pray for you and I will believe God that you will find a better way to do things and you'll get on on the life cycle and get off that death cycle. He says, how do you know that you have been passed from that old way, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of God? What's the, what's the, how did, how, what's a telltale sign? Because we love the brethren. What? You mean to tell me the way that somebody can really tell that I'm a believer? I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not just a, I'm not just being religious, but I'm really truly a disciple of his is my love towards the brethren. Man, you got to give me something more than that. that's fine. Go to, I believe it's John chapter six, I believe it's verse 33, which talks about how by this shall they know that we are his disciples indeed, our love one for another. People are going to know whether you're a, a born-again believer or, or truly a disciple, a true disciple of Jesus with your love one for another. How would they know that you pass from your old way and to the, and, oh, that old life and to the new life? He says, you're going to be able to tell because of your unconditional love towards the brethren. So he goes on to say, he who does not love his brother still abides in death. So if you don't love your brethren, you're still operating according to that old nature, that old way of doing things. Even though you have the love of God on the inside, you, you, if you're truly born again, you have the love of God on the inside of you. Praying the prayer is not enough. You have to make a heart decision. Now that I'm born again, I'm going to begin to be a doer of the word of God. I'm not going to just hear it only. He goes on to say this. He says, Who, now listen to this part. Whoever hates his brother. Listen to this. Whoever hates his brother or sister. The word of God says you're a murderer. What? The word of God says if you hate someone. You are a murderer. Remember, it's how it says, no, 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 no. To murder means that, you know, I kill somebody. No. Remember when Jesus was talking, we talked about this last week, about how in the in the uh, Mount, Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes of Matthew chapter 5, and, and it, in Matthew chapter 5 and through 6 and verse 7, Jesus says, hey, you have heard it said, you know, thou shall not kill. But he says, but I say unto you, if you hate your brother, you have already committed murder. So he's telling, it's reinforced here. If you hate your brother, you are a, in God's eyes, you are a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. See, when you have the God kind of life, when you really receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you really have made a decision, I'm a, I'm a disciple, I'm sold out to it, God is going to be your way right away. He says, you can't hate anyone. Why? Because the love of God is on the inside of you. Now, you may strongly dislike what they do, but this is where you got to separate the the who from the do they may do one thing and you may totally have a strong dislike for that but you still love the person i have people who have who, who've lied betrayed talked about manipulated all kind of thing i i strongly dislike what they did but i still love the person how do you know you still love because you can still pray for them he says if you hate someone it's you, you are, you have, it is a, you are a murderer and no murderer has, has a, has eternal life abiding on them. He says, by this, we, by this, we know love. How do we know love? How do we come in contact with love? He says, by this, we know love because he talk about the father, his, and his son laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren see jesus came in according to luke chapter 19 and verse 10 he says the son of man the son of god came to seek and save that which was lost jesus came to seek and to save 
those who are lost, those who, who are lost, those who have who are separated themselves from him, those who have not made a decision to surrender their lives to him. They are lost, lost in what? Lost in this world's way of doing things, separated from the father, separated from his way of doing things, separated from the life, the purpose and plan that he had from you from the foundation of the world. But he says, I don't want to leave you there. He says, that's why I'm bringing all the correction. That's why he's bringing all, you know, get, bringing about the direction. That's why he's, because he ultimately wants to protect you from the hurt, harm, and dangers that are in the world today. He wants to protect you. He wants to perfect you. He wants you to have your best life yet. But he can't do it apart from you. He can't go against your will. Remember, the choice is yours. The adversary you already know is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to steal your identity, kill your purpose, to destroy your life. But Jesus said, I came to give you back identity. I came to give you a purpose and to show you your purpose so that you might have life. What kind of life? The God kind of life. But he can't do it against your will. He won't go against your will. He can't go against your will. See, I want to tell you something else about condemnation. See, in, in Christ, there is no condemnation. What's condemnation? Condemnation, in accordance to Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, talks about this. He says, there is, there, there is now, now, when? Now, no condemnation, no judging guilt of wrong. He doesn't, God doesn't guilt you. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't do any of those things. He says, for those who are who are in Christ Jesus, he says, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no there's, there's no no condemnation against you. There's no uh, a ju a judging guilty of wrong on you. He says, that's none of that in me. He says this, though, he says, he says, there's no condemnation for those who are in, in Christ Jesus who walk and and live not after the dictates of their flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. Remember, you have the Holy Spirit who's living on the inside of you to lead and guide you into all truth. He's not walking around condemning you. He's not walking around judging you. Why? Because, see, there's a law in place. He says, for the law, the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of new being has made you free from the law of sin and death see when you accept jesus your personal lord and savior you are separated from that old nature you are separated from that old way of doing things in fact it says in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 therefore if there if any man or woman be in christ you're a new creature old things are passed away behold all things have become new he wants to make you new today he wants you to accept the newness that he's made available to you. He wants you to, to accept the correction to make. He's trying to make things right and bring up, bring you to a standard of truth and aim you at a, at a certain place he wants you to be so you can live your best life yet and be shielded and protected from the evil of this world. He wants you to have control over your environment according to the kingdom of God. But he needs your help. He needs your cooperation. Will you make a decision to make the correction today? Will you make a decision to accept his direction today? Will you make a decision to accept his protection today? Preacher, how do I go about doing that? Man, it's simple. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, you, you make a decision. He says this. He says, the word of God is near you. He said, it's, it's, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you will believe in your heart that God truly raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. What does that word save me? Healed, delivered, set free, made whole, and protected. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made unto healing, deliverance, salvation, wholeness, protection. Will you, will you pray this prayer with me? Confess it out of your mouth and mean it from your heart. Make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ 
is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he's put in the grave, but now he is risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I accept your offer of forgiveness. I'm now born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, glory to God. If you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you into right relationship with God. And welcome you, welcome you in right position. So what do you do now? Man, you got to get in a word-based church. What's your next step? Get in a word-based church to teach you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you about the kingdom of God and that agape love of God, the God kind of love that loves unconditionally. Now, what can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. So, hey, we'd like to invite you to Ignite if, if you... Yeah, we believe Ignite is a word-based church that teaches you line upon line, precept upon precept. We'd like to invite you to come join us here every Saturday at 6 p.m. in the great city of Greeley. Man, we love to have you and hug your neck real good just to tell you that we love you. If you're too far away or you can't make it on Saturday, man, catch the pro catch the video on YouTube. Catch it on Facebook. There's a rebroadcast every Thursday at 6 p.m. of this of the same teaching. But if you're too far away or you live in another country, man, catch us on the podcast. That podcast is Ignite the Number Two Life. Again, that's Ignite the Number Two Life podcast. And catch this and other messages uh, that we've preached in the past. Man, on behalf of Sister uh, Pastor Juin and the entire Ignite Nation, I want to thank you for joining us this evening. And remember this Jesus came to give you life in abundance to the full till it overflows. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.